Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. And I am thankful that you have joined our program for today. Today we are continuing our series of underdogs of the Bible, and we are continuing a lesson that we began last week on Esther. Esther would be considered an underdog. There are are many things about her, but especially the fact that she was a Jew. We also recognize that not only was she a Jew, but uh, she somehow became queen. This is according to God's providence. It couldn't have happened any other way. But even as the queen, we also see that she was like everyone else in coming to him. And so when there is a particular threat against her people, the Jews, she is afraid to go before the king, but she does. And we see the the great example that she is for us, Um, an unlikely hero, yes, but a hero nonetheless. And so we have a a great respect for Esther. Before we actually get into our program, I want to invite you, before I forget to tell you, I want to invite you to visit our website if you have not done so. If you will go to www.MarsHillCoc, that is MarsHill coc.org. We have a great number of resources involving our congregation, uh, programs that that we have, and and things of that nature. There's a a great deal of information in regard to this program according to the scriptures. You can go to the audio page in that website, and at the very top you'll see the According to the Scriptures banner. And underneath, you'll see the the most recent lessons. Um, We have those uh, stored there, as well as sermons uh, from even, I think, three years ago. Uh, All of that is stored on the audio page, and so you can take advantage of that. If you go to the links page under resources, you'll find a a link to Mars Hill Church of Christ on podcast and this is prepared as a podcast and so you can can go back and and view past programming uh, just by following the link that is provided for you there our service times information regarding the mars hill church of christ can also be found there uh, but it is a great resource you can also contact us from the page simply by scrolling to the very bottom and hitting contact or send us a message, I think is the way that it is on the website. Send us a message and that will send me an email and we would be glad to hear from you and also to respond to you, to help you in any way that we can. You can also email me at my personal email address, bkwebweb. B-K-W-E-B-B-E-B-B-519 at gmail.com. 
and that is my my personal email address. If you send me a message during the the live portion of the program, then I, I can see that and can can add input. I would love to hear from you though. Anything that you would like to send us, uh, we would love to hear from you. Before we get into our program for today, let's bow as we always do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the ability that we have been given, the privilege that we are given to study your word together. And we pray, Father, that that you would bless us in our understanding. Help us to apply these things to our daily walk, to our walk with you. Help us to remain faithful always. And help us to set a good example for those around us. We pray, Father, that you would help us to, to shine your light in a world that is often dark. And we, we pray, Father, that you would help us to, to face our trials, to face our temptations, and again, to, to be seen as faithful to you in the end. We thank you for the sacrifice of your son for all that Jesus means to us, and it is through him that we humbly pray. Amen. This is such a a great privilege, and I, I again thank you for being a part of our program today, and I hope that you are a a part of this program each week, each Tuesday at 11 a.m. Last week, we began by looking at Queen Esther, by actually actually looking at her predecessor, Queen Vashti. We we saw that uh, there was a, a feast. The king threw a feast. Well, Vashti also threw a feast for the women. And it came about in the course of, of these feasts that the king requests Vashti's presence so that he could parade her before the men. And in exactly what way, the the scriptures do not tell us, but we we do see that he wanted to show her off. And so he requested her presence, and she refused, as we read in Esther chapter 1. And so in uh, response to that, Vashti is, is put away from being queen, and another is taken in her place. We began looking at Esther chapter 2, and I believe we got to somewhere about verse 12 in Esther chapter 2, if my notes are correct. And so we we read of the preparation of the women, and I'm going to, to try not to spend a whole lot of time here because I want to spend most of our time today with Haman's conspiracy. But uh, we see that that they were prepared in a very special way, as we read in Esther chapter 2, verses 12 through 14. And it came about in verse 15 of Esther chapter 2, reading from the New King James Version. Now, when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing 
but what Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained, fa- obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. And he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. So we see that Esther, she finds great favor above the other women that were brought before the king. And she became queen. Uh, Again, this is not by chance. I don't believe it to be by chance. I believe it to be according to God's will. And and something that, that is widely recognized in the book of Esther is that God is never mentioned, not one time by name in the book. And yet we see his fingerprints over its entirety. God's presence, God's will, all of this was done. Everything was done in accordance with his providence and his will. I, I All of this up to now is just basically explaining how Esther became queen. And, and from this point on, Uh, There is a lot of detail that we are going to skip over. Uh, I want to try to finish this today. Uh, I have been trying to keep these lessons in in twos so that you have uh, only two lessons on each person so we don't forget the main point so that we can can really bring this to uh, a close and, and really take what we can learn from this and go ahead and make that application. So we come to Haman's conspiracy. Now, in in between all of this, we see that uh, Mordecai discovers a plot uh, against King Ahasuerus. He warns the king, and and this was confirmed. And as it is confirmed, the king is saved, and those that conspired against him were hanged. Haman comes into the picture in chapter 3, Esther chapter 3, and Haman is going to plot against the Jews, and Mordecai is going to discover this plot as well. Uh, We find him sitting in the king's gate, so to speak, with the king's servants, and so he discovers this plot, and he, he makes arrangements to try to to Turn this around so that the Jews can be saved. We begin reading in Esther 3 and verse 1. Esther 3, verse 1. After these things, King Ahasuerus promoted Haman 
the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes who were with him. And all the king's servants who were within the king's gate bowed and paid homage to Haman, for so the king had commanded concerning him. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Why wouldn't Mordecai bow down and pay homage? The reason I don't believe is stated here, but I believe it to be the very same reason that Daniel's friends would not bow down and worship the the uh, the figure that had been set up for them to worship instead of God. They would only bow down to God, and I believe that to be Mordecai's reasoning as well. Again, we see God's fingerprints all over the book of Esther, and I think this is one of those instances. But he would not bow down or pay homage to Haman. In verse 3, then the king's servants who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Why do you transgress the king's command? Now it happened when they spoke to him daily, and he would not listen to them, that they told it to Haman to see whether Mordecai's words would stand. For Mordecai had told told them that he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow or pay home or pay him homage, Haman was filled with wrath. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all the Jews who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. Haman is going to take his disdain, his displeasure with Mordecai out on the Jews. And so we read, beginning with verse 8 of chapter 3, Then Haman said to King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of your kingdom. Their laws are different from all other peoples, and they do not keep the king's laws. Therefore, it is not fitting for the king to let them remain. And he comes up with a plan. If it pleases the king, let a decree be written that they be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who do the work to bring it into the king's treasuries. So the king took his signet ring from his hand and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. And the king said to Haman, the money and the people are given to you to do with them as seems good to you. And in verse 13, we read that letters were sent by couriers into all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate all the Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day, 
on the 13th day of the 12th month, which is the month of Adar, and to plunder their possessions. In taking off his signet ring, the king was giving Haman the authority to do as he pleased. And he pleased to kill the Jews. So we see that that everything is set in motion and the Jews are to be destroyed. There's a great mourning that we read about among the Jewish people, and rightly so, as we read in chapter 4 and verses 3 and 4. And we see that, that Mordecai, discovering this plot against the Jews, he needs to, to do something to try to save not only himself and not only Esther, but the, the Jewish nation as a whole. And so he makes a request of Esther, beginning with verse 6 of Esther chapter 4. So Hathak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her, that he might command her to go in to the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. So this this plan that Mordecai has is that Esther go before the king and that she she come into his presence, that she request salvation in some way for the Jewish people. We read in verses 13 and 14 of Esther chapter 4. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. This is one of my favorite verses for this reason. Listen to the end of verse 14. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther was going to be risking her life to go into the king's presence unannounced and not called for by the king. They, they have uh, Esther requests a uh, fasting of the people, so to speak. Uh, 30 days that they were to be in prayer on her behalf. I believe it is 30 days. Uh, But anyway, uh, there is all of this that that is happening. She is is preparing, or three days is what it was. Uh, In verse 16, it says, Gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, nights or day or night or day uh so that that's the the period in which they are fasting 
on her behalf, uh, recognizing her and praying um, on her behalf. So she she has not been called by the king, and it is a risky thing for her to go unless he holds out his scepter, which he does. She does find favor in the king to make her request, and her request is that the king come to a banquet. Look with me at Esther chapter 5 and verse 4. Esther chapter 5, verse 4. So Esther answered, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. The king and Haman. And we're going to skip over a great deal uh, of what happens um, between this and, and there's a second banquet. So basically what Esther does is, is she throws this banquet, this uh, dinner, special meal for the king and Haman alone. And her request at that banquet is that the king and Haman come to another banquet that is prepared for them. Haman devises a plot in chapter 5 to have Mordecai hanged, and he begins work on a gallows for Mordecai's hanging. In all of this, we see that, that Haman is going forward with his plan to have Mordecai killed, to have the Jews completely annihilated because Haman or because Mordecai refused to bow down. Remember that that Haman is mad about this. He is furious. And so the second banquet is prepared. And in the second banquet, we find that Haman's plot against the Jews is revealed to the king by Esther. Let's begin reading at verse 1 of Esther chapter 7. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther, and on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, What is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted you, and what is your request? Up to half the kingdom it shall be done. Then Queen Esther answered and said, If I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, and to be annihilated. Had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss. So King Ahasuerus answered and said to Queen Esther, Who is he and where is he who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. So Haman was terrified before the king and queen. Then the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther, pleading for his life. 
for he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. When the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, Haman had fallen across the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, will he also assault the queen while I am in the house? As the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Now Harbinah, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, Look, the gallows fifty cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf, is standing at the house of Haman. In the beginning of the book of Esther, we read of the, the plot that Mordecai discovered against King Ahasuerus. He, uh, he shares that with the king, saves the king's life, and it is remembered here. The gallows that Haman prepared for Mordecai, the king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. All of this comes to a head. We see that that Haman, everything starts working downward instead of ending in his favor. Whenever uh, the king remembers Mordecai, he honors Mordecai. Haman thinks he's going to honor him. The Jews are saved because of Mordecai and Esther, because of the plan that they made and what they did, even at the risk of Esther's life. The Jews are saved. Esther is a very courageous person in Scripture, someone that that we remember for her courage. There are many great lessons. I'm going to try to to quickly enumerate three that we can learn from Esther. Something that we as Christians need to remember is that we, like Esther and Mordecai, are at war with the forces of evil. Haman was evil. We are at war with the forces of Satan. The very definition of evil. In Ephesians chapter 6 verses 11 and 12, we are reminded, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places We are at war, and sometimes we forget about that. We forget in the comforts of life that we are fighting a war every single day. And we must not be naive. We must not be disillusioned. We must not be deceived. Instead, always sober and always vigilant against the adversary evil, the temptations that we face. Esther risked her life for God's people. And I wonder, in looking at how Esther risked everything to save the Jews, how much are we willing to risk in God's service or for his people? How much would we risk to win a soul? 
You know, often we are afraid. We are afraid of of losing friendships. Esther was willing to risk everything to save her people. And we need to be that willing to save souls. Our world is full of darkness. It is full of, of evil. And I wonder, are we here for such a time as this? May we we wonder about all the things that we face, but maybe it is that we are here for such a time as this. I thank you for being with me today. I look forward to being back with you next week, Lord willing, at 11 a.m. on Tuesday. I look forward to these opportunities, and I hope you do the same. Again, you can visit our website, www.mars.com hillcoc.org and uh, many great resources for you there. Again, we would love to hear from you if you would like to contact us. But thank you for being with me today. I look forward to being with you next week. Until we meet again, may God bless you. Thank you.